0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fight Talk podcast. We hope everyone had a great weekend. I uh, I don't want to speak for Steven, but I just ate a bunch of candy and watched scary movies and fights on Saturday. So it's pretty pretty spectacular Halloween. Um, how did your weekend go, bro? Yeah, it was pretty much the same, man. Nice. The, uh, yeah, just kind
1: of hung out, ate candy. I had not so much on Halloween, but yesterday. I had my stepmom, my brother and my stepbrother over. My my dad was going to come but feeling a little under the weather, but had them come over for the uh the Vikings game and that was fun and they brought Halloween candy. My stepmom buys like way too much candy every year and she always anticipates like all these kids to come around, but this year I think because of the pandemic and all that stuff, I think her neighborhood just like didn't really didn't really do trick or treating basically. Right. Yeah. So she had all this extra candy so I so, so last night I was just uh I was sucking on Dum-Dum uh what are those lollipops and uh and eating Kit Kats and M&Ms and stuff it was great so can't complain
0: well no, that's 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 how you do it man it was Snickers and Kit Kats for me so uh, and Reese's shout out my yeah. wife for the Reese's but uh everyone already knows that voice over there that Steve. I'm John Mosley, and we're back here again. little preview, little recap, plenty to talk about, so uh, let's just get right into it. Main event this past weekend, again, spooky, spooky show, Halloween night. We got Uriah Hall, Anderson Spider Silva. Uh, The discussion, of course, going in, whether or not it was his last fight, UFC fight, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We can get into that in a second. Uh, Let's talk about Uriah Hall first here, man. He got the finish, fourth round TKO. Uh, what did you think? We we both you know we both had thoughts on Uriah Hall's career coming into this match. Any any difference coming out, or are still you know the same guy in your eyes? Honestly,
1: I mean he was impressive because I think I think Anderson fought him pretty well. Like it wasn't yes. like Anderson went in there and just got his ass completely handed to him. Like it was a pretty good fight, pretty competitive up until Anderson started getting dropped. Yep. But yeah, so so Uriah Hall. And one thing I didn't realize when we did our predictions. I had no idea Uriah Hall was ranked number 10 at middleweight. I, I I didn't know he had made a climb like that and gotten into that position. he had, he had quietly kind of quietly done it because he really had a lot of uh hype behind him you know around his like you know his tough days and he went kind of up and down for a while. but since 2018, now three in a row, uh, won by KO. Obviously, the one with Anderson, then a split decision to Carlos Junior. But and that was a win. But it was you know Carlos Junior's a good fighter. Yes. Uh, you know lost to to Paulo Costa, but Costa was on a complete tear heading towards you know his champ or his championship opportunity. I should say. So, I mean, it all. It's one of those things where, like, I think Anderson can still win that fight. You know, maybe, you know three out of 10 times or something like that. Like he still has a chance against someone like Uriah Hall, but, uh, but I thought Hall looked impressive. Like for what it was, I thought he did exactly what he needed to do. And he finished Silva on the ground and, you know, I, he dropped him a couple times ground and pound. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things, right? When I watched it happen, <clears throat> when I watched it happen, I was a little surprised because I was like, ah, oh, damn, like Anderson's kind of slipping. But then I was also kind of more towards the end of it, like, you know what? No, Uriah Hall's better than than he has been. Like, this is, it isn't that Anderson's bad. It's that Uriah Hall's actually getting better right now.
0: No, I I totally agree. I thought, I didn't know what to expect with the Spider. I, I, you know, we talked about the record last week. We've talked, we all know, well, you know, since 2012, uh, Anderson's run and, and what it's looked like. So I, I, I was curious how it was going to look. And yeah, man, that first round, that first couple rounds, I was excited as an Anderson Silva fan, man. I, I saw a couple people on Twitter just saying, there's just no way Silva can win a round at this age. And, you know, depending on where you... We, I never am going to speak for judging because we all, we all know that no one knows how to judge anything. <laughs> the, the, the look of most of these cards, it's all just... Whatever at times, but there definitely could have a round or two around here there uh, for Anderson Silva, no doubt in my mind. And yeah, I, I like you. I totally for I had no idea Uriah Hall was was a top ten you know ranked fighter in that division. You look at everyone ahead of him, and you definitely see that performance we saw last uh, this past weekend. There's some wins ahead of Uriah Hall, man. This, this guy again. No one's going to question the the physical, the abilities uh, of Hall. I think we all have questions of mentally where he's at at times and just when he's in the cage, how he's looked just here and there. But uh, I think he summed it up great, man. Uh, you know, Spider Silva looked better than we had seen him in a while. And, and no doubt in my mind that this is uh, this was the best Uriah Hall we've seen probably since that nasty spinning kick uh, all the way back at tough. Um, moving forward with Uriah, man. Being 10th, uh, you know, this win probably, he's not going to, you know, jump ahead by any means. You know, Anderson wasn't ranked ahead of him. You've got, you know, Wadman, Gastelum, Brunson, Till, uh, Yoel Romero. That's five through nine. Um, what do you think, I guess, as, as best as you can guess, what do you think is maybe the ceiling for Uriah Hall in this next maybe year or two? It's
1: a good question. I mean, like, as far as, like, what's next, I'd like to see him fight Yoel Romero because that was supposed to happen like that was booked and Yoel had to pull out for like some sort of reason i can't remember i think i don't know if it was medical or exactly what but um it was supposed to happen before hall and silva got booked so i'd still like to see that fight if yoel romero is ready to fight soon i'd like to see him and brunson because if brunson can beat yoel that puts him in the top five and then things get really really interesting for him and if yoel is able to beat uriah hall he kind of cements his spot as still you know a contender level guy at middleweight so yeah i think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense for both guys um and in as far as the ceiling i mean if this is all obviously hypothetical but if your eye hall were to beat Yoel romero especially beat him impressively if he went in there and like knocked him out by fight for instance then you're talking about you know Hermanson, so Cannoneer's kind of out of the picture for the moment. Um her, who's Hermanson fighting next? Hermanson's fighting Till soon, I'm pretty Till, sure. Yeah, I think that's right. Um so it's 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 interesting. Like, cause he'd be in I mean, he'd still be another win or two away probably from like a title shot, but but the people he'd be fighting would be, I mean, the the tippy top level guys in the division. Cause I mean, you're at that point, like if you beat Romero You're looking at, you know, potentially like him and Cannoneer, which I think would be fireworks. I think that's a really good matchup. Um, Him and Costa, him and Whitaker, potentially him. and I mean, him and Adesanya is actually really interesting also stylistically. I just don't think he's quite there yet. And I don't know if you saw the announcement about Adesanya's next fight. I did. Yeah. So (laughs) I'll just go and say yeah, he's fighting uh, John Blachowicz for the light heavyweight championship next, which is. Incredible. incredible um I, I mean i love the I, I love it like i'm not against the, the fight at all but i i do predict <coughs> i do predict that because i think what's happening here just for the record is whitaker isn't going to be ready to fight until like march or april so we're talking about like half a year so adesanya wants to stay active he's going to move up and fight Blahovich. if he beats Blahovich, surely he's going to defend against john jones because that's yes. like the yeah that's like where i think this is all supposed to be heading i agree so so if that all happens the middleweight title is going to be in limbo probably vacated like adesanya because at that point there's not going to be any point not to cutting weight and and all that you're already going to be a champion and getting bigger fights and then and then on the flip side also by not having to cut weight eventually he will move to heavyweight. I fully expect Adesanya to fight at heavyweight by the time his career is over, like be a regular heavyweight fighter, Um, because he's a big enough guy to to do it, especially if he isn't cutting weight, he's putting on muscle, like he'll be an awesome heavyweight also. So um, that's all to say, this is a really important time for the middleweights, like really important for the contenders, because if Adesanya winds up getting held up at, at light heavyweight, and they need a new champion at middleweight, These are like Hermanson and Till is super important right now. Whitaker's already in that spot, so it's one of those things where like I could I could maybe see it playing out where let's say let's say if Adesanya wins the title from Blahovic and stays at light heavyweight, and then I would do the winner of Hermanson and Till versus Whitaker probably, even though Whitaker's already beaten Till, but it's still um. It's still like, you know, a good enough fight that they can run that back and it makes sense. So I would uh I'd go with uh <clears throat> I I'd go with that and, and and then uh basically Brunson's like right there in that mix for for kind of whoever's left over, maybe uh, Costa or, or the loser
0: of uh Hermanson and
1: Till or something like that. Like really interesting.
0: No, it is. it, it from where we were after Izzy's last defense to now Man, it it feels like this middleweight division, man. In the next six eight months, really could be wide open. Especially when we're talking about possibly if Adesanya does win that fight, then it just what you said, I think Jones is is the move there. And then hypothetically, I mean, I know it's a crazy hypothetical at this point. There's still so many dominoes, but if Adesanya beats John Jones, you're you're on the money, man. You, you you're you're doing heavyweight things at that point, so. Uh, it, it I, there's an open lane here so if I'm Uriah hall coming off this win even at um again this is a guy he's what he's 36 years old not you know th- th- right in that prime right i feel like anytime we've got a fighter around 35 years old you're saying you know this is just this is the time to really be in there and and, and doing the damn thing you've already said the three straight wins this next fight for Uriah hall it, it just it we don't even know who it is but it, it already feels just so important not only to him but to the the division as a whole, because I mean, who knows? Who knows who's going to be champ or interim? Or I mean, there's so many things that could happen here that uh, Uriah Hall went from you know you're in a retirement fight in a sense with with Anderson to now. I mean, it's not crazy to think a, a super impressive performance or two. And this guy could very easily be right there, like you said, looking at maybe a Costa rematch or or looking at this or that, and being right around that title. Um, you know, and it wasn't that long ago that he was, you know, he, he had lost three in a row. Admittedly, Whitaker, Brunson, Musasi, all just names, names, names. Uh, and I think he's grown from that. And this is a big win, no doubt about it. Um, for Anderson, right? We 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 talked coming in how. Is it his last fight? Is it not? Uh, Dana said that he's not going to let him fight in the UFC anymore. So my question to you is, do you do we see Anderson Silva at a Bellator or maybe a one or, or somewhere in Brazil? Do you think that happens?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think he's going to keep fighting, just not in the UFC. I mean, I think it's like when Anderson was doing his post-fight interview with Michael Bisping, like right after his fight, uh, he, it was really strange how he was answering questions because – he was saying, like, he literally said, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, and obviously Anderson's English sounds a, a bit different than mine, so I'm getting this as close as possible. But basically, he was saying, like, that I was happy to do this last fight for my UFC fans here in the UFC. He kept kind of mentioning in the UFC when he was yeah. saying things. And then Michael Bisbing asked him straight up right after he said that, he was like, so Anderson, like, can you confirm right now that you're retiring from mixed martial arts? And Anderson was like,
0: uh, you know,
1: uh, <laughs> U- U- UFC, you know, and it's just like, oh, wait, no, this guy's clearly alluding to the fact that he's going to keep fighting. Like, he's like, yeah, I have to, you know, go talk to my family, see where things are at, and blah, blah, blah. And then in the post-fight press conference, Dana White um flat out said that he's not going to keep letting anderson fight in the ufc it's a similar to like the liddell situation you know it's like uh i think i think dana i think we can all recognize anderson still has talent like he's still he can still compete but uh but it's also one of those things like if anderson isn't happy in the ufc if he can make more money elsewhere um, if you can fight, you know, competition that isn't quite as good in some scenarios, I, and not not in others. Like you mentioned, Gegard Mousasi, I think Gegard Mousasi would probably destroy Anderson Silva if they fought each other right now.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: You know, Mousasi, Shout out to Mousasi. He beat Doug, uh, Douglas Lima, in my opinion, pretty much every round of their title fight this past week. Also, and Douglas Lima is one of my favorite fighters in the world. Like I it, obviously, <clears throat> obviously, there was the the difference in you know him moving up to welterweight for the first time for that fight and all that but like can't take anything away from Musasi and and what he's doing in bellator right now he's just next level right now and i think he i think he'd be a nightmare for like most people in the ufc i think like him and adesanya would be real interesting for instance um but that all being said you know anderson if he goes over to bellator you know i i I could see i could see it being a situation where dane is like you know has that conversation with anderson where he's like you know if if you want to go do your own thing, he, I think he I think he's giving him his blessing. You know what I mean? I don't think there's gonna be any hard hard feelings. Um if he and even if it isn't Bellator, if it's one championship, like you mentioned as well. Like that I could see that especially with how much they're supposedly paying fighters like Mighty Mouse and, and Eddie Alvarez and stuff, like I don't know how one championship is doing what they're doing. I don't know how they're reporting the numbers they report. It makes no sense to me how they're saying like 30 million people are watching their shows. And so it just doesn't make any sense. Unless like there's countries literally being commanded to like have it on their television screens. Like it doesn't make any sense that entire entire continents worth continents, of people yeah. are, are, are are tuning in for, <laughs> for Bellator events. Like the, that is that much bigger than the UFC. It just doesn't make any sense um but that all being said they're apparently getting the fighters paid and however they're doing it i don't know but if they're doing it and anderson can get get in on that um it's not to say they don't have a lot they have talented fighters there they have good fights um i like their shows i like their presentation i like the fact that i can watch them on tnt and stuff like that like it's there's a lot of good things about one championship um from like a fan perspective and as a fighter and stuff the other side of it that i was alluding to with like the the numbers, I, I just, that's a whole other thing. But um, but I could definitely see Anderson, I mean, because that's the thing, too. Even if he went to Bellator, he could immediately challenge Musasi for the for the ch- championship, you know? Um, yes. And like I said, I think Musasi is probably going to destroy him. But, I mean, Anderson has that kind of clout and that name value and, and that legacy. It's similar to Fedor, where it's like, Fedor could lose uh, 100 times in a row, but if bellator can book him against you know if if they have the right opponent he's still a main event guy you know what i mean like it's for sure you know so so yeah i think i think we're both probably on the same page with all this like i i, I it really seems like anderson's going to continue to fight just not in the ufc
0: no I, I agree my what you i mean i totally i would not be shocked to see uh you know bellator really put some money out there and and yeah put him in there in a title fight or or some kind of big name thing like that I I I think it's right there I think we see that I I would hope that I'd like to see him get more of the uh the Jake Hager treatment of let let Anderson Silva (laughs) come in here stack up a couple of wins you know what I mean like maybe maybe go out with a couple of wins versus throwing him in there um but hey we also both agree that I think he looked pretty damn good. Again, like until things went off, you know, until things went off the uh, the track. There, Silva looked good. That was the best I felt watching him him flow and, and really, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to uh, to stand in there with with Uriah Hall, which you know, knowing knowing what we've seen in, in clips here and there throughout his career, Hall can bring it, man. But uh, I, again, you're, you said I think we're on the same page. I think we see the spider in some cage down the road again. Hopefully with a big payday in his pocket because that man is an absolute legend and one that um, even with, you know, a lot of L's, you're going to see a lot of losses at the end of his UFC career. For those that were, you know, we got to watch this unfold live. I'll never forget seeing him fight Chris Lieben and just like, "Who, who the fuck is this guy? Like, you know, I'd heard about him a little bit from, you know, from like Pride and Cage Rage and shit like that, but like, you know, for me, it's like Chris Lieben is tough. This guy just knocks people out. He's tough as nails. Iron uh, chin. Never, Iron, Iron chin. chin. You, can't, you can't knock this man out. Like, you could hit him with a truck, and he's going to keep going. And, uh, you know, less than a minute. So I'll never forget that moment. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that's just something that no matter what happens with his career moving on, uh, absolute for me uh, of watching this man's career um anything else you want to say about Silva um before we move on to the co-main
1: yeah no I I'm with you though like that Lieben fight
0: yes because
1: like, I'll also I'll never forget the way he knocked him out the way that he did like the air guitar afterwards <laughs> and then he Anderson gave his water to Chris Lieben like he, after the fight yeah. he was like hey man like you probably." It's like Anderson didn't break a sweat or anything, you just like, hey, you probably need some water. You know, it's like I was just and and what what makes so if you're looking at a full career, like from start to finish, I can't say that Anderson Silva was the goat, but what right. I can but what I can say is for a period of time, and it was a, about a 16 fight run mm-hmm. where he was the best fighter there's ever been for those that 16 fight run. that's something that people also I think undervalue that he came into the UFC he smoked Chris Lieben and then he fought for the title in his next fight and destroyed Rich Franklin and after that he literally like and obviously including those he won 16 UFC fights in a row and that included him literally defending the title against the next best guy over and over and over again like it wasn't like I mean it's impressive to win you know Even three fights against anybody in the UFC getting a three fight winning streak, no matter who you are, but he's had a 16 fight winning streak against the best fighters and during that run also went up to light heavyweight, took out Mm -hmm. former champion and Forrest Griffin beat him so bad that Forrest literally ran away after the fight beat Stefan Bonner so embarrassingly like that, you know, he's Anderson leaning back against the cage just dodging punches without his hands up, you know, and then just knocking him out with like a knee to the body, like just the James Irvin one where he catches his leg and knocks him out. Knocks him out. Like, I mean, these are just, and and Joe Rogan was the best at explaining it because on commentary, and we're so lucky, by the way, to have Joe Rogan on commentary during these years. Yes. he, He he explained it so well when he would talk about how Anderson just changed the game. Like, like before Anderson, we didn't know that striking could be to that level in mixed martial arts. He was, he came in and the gap was so wide between how good he was and how good everyone else was. And and it was so crazy because the, the people he was beating were like really fucking good fighters who were fighting other really fucking good fighters and then fighting him and just getting destroyed. So, I mean, I, I would I would always agree with that. Like if someone were to say Anderson Silva was the goat from like year X to year X,
0: mm-hmm. I'd be
1: like, yes, a hundred a hundred percent for sure. Um, and that's kind of the thing with like Habib that we we talked about on on the show before is like habib's not giving anyone that chance to have any doubt he's just getting out on on top and it's always going to leave it and that's kind of where anderson would be in this conversation too like for all time goat you know what i'm saying like had he if, if like the weidman loss never happened and he and he just retired then he'd still be in that conversation of like best of all time because we never saw like
0: any of the downfall you know what i mean No, I do. I I just rattle off some of his UFC stats real quick. I got them pulled up. He five time fight of the night, seven time knockout of the night, two time submission of the night. He held the longest title reign in UFC history, 2,457 days as champ, Six to your point, 16 fight win streak, the longest in UFC history. Most UFC middleweight title fights with thirteen. Um, most finishes in UFC title fights with nine. Knockouts of the year, fights of the year. I mean, the the uh, you know the up kick on the the crane kick, whatever you want to say on uh, on Bell for um, the cigar kick, the, the segal kick, and, yeah. And, what,
1: and also one other thing that needs to be mentioned. It also lists that he defended his championship ten times, but that's bullshit because the Travis Luter one should definitely count because Travis. Travis Luter's did not count because Travis Luter missed weight. That should have still counted as a title defense for Anderson. So he should be at 11 tied with mighty mouse, by the way, like people forget that
0: too. Yeah. Second round finish uh, submission, triangle choke with elbows over Luter that you did missed weight from Luter's end. still got the finish. Yeah. I think I mean, maybe not the goat, like you're saying, you're right, but that stretch uh, will never, I don't think we're ever going to see that again. Maybe um, it, it, with Habib Habib, it was, was different it was different like he was so dominant i'm not trying to say it was any less dominant cuz it was but the way this guy was going out and finished with these insane knockouts that somehow are topping itself and then of course the Charles Saunen fight the craziest maybe maybe not the craziest fight i've ever seen we've seen wilder bunkhouse brawls but what we saw that night of Anderson and Silva not really like getting outworked and not really giving a shit at times until oh, well, I got you now. You know what I mean? It's just that stretch was something that, um, as a fight fan, it was it was really something to behold. And, and those are fights I go back to this day and watch. Again, um, I can't say enough about the excitement. I mean, the years, you know, when I really became an MMA fan, it, it was because of, you know, of Forrest Griffin and Tough and Anderson Silva and then uh, everything else that came from that. So, yeah, just as a fan, man, I... I it was dope to see him in the cage in the UFC and the octagon one more time. But um, Dude, I'll never, I'll never forget where I was for the child fight. Like, yes, forget, same. like I, re-
1: I remember the friends I was with yep. the bar retriever sports bar in Statesboro, Georgia. Like I'll never forget because everyone was glued to the TVs. Like nobody was paying. Nobody usually paid attention to UFC fights. Everyone just out getting drunk, having a good time. And they're just on in the, in the, in the bar. And Everybody stopped what they were doing to watch that fight, and I will never forget that.
0: Well, it's the same way. I think of I'm back in Cookville, Tennessee, watching Forrest Griffin and Sylvan all day. We're like, "Man, Sylvan's so great," but this is this is a Forrest Griffin. Like this is this guy is a killer. He's this and that. And then seeing a human being go into the Matrix for roughly you know three minutes, um, it was it, 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 you're right. I, I can smell the bar. I can taste the <laughs> pillar light. Uh, <laughs> It's it's uh, it's something about those fights that I'll always hold on to, man. It, it's the same way for BJ for those years. When BJ Penn was BJ Penn, man, you just – I know where I was. So, um, yeah, I can't say enough about Anderson Silva. Uh, again, go back and watch an Anderson Silva fight today, everybody. I sure should am. Um, Dude, I lost
1: – I, I, just for last thing, I lost $50 on that Anderson silva Chelsea Sonnen fight. And you? and it was, dude. The bet I'll never forget. It was a guy. Shout out to my friend Don Kim, who I haven't talked to in a decade. Don Kim, the bet was I put fifty dollars on that. Forrest Griffin would make it to the second round. That's all oh. I bet, <laughs> and I lost fifty bucks.
0: Like, oh. I mean, because he had went five rounds with Randy yeah. Jackson. I was like, what what no, i get it i was the guy One. saying i was I, I honestly thought forrest griffin had it i mean he was the guy that it's gonna really test Silva. So i was with you i'd have been the same way i'd have took that bet One i'll round. never forget i'll never fucking forget when that when it ended the way it did my buddy looking at me and was just like because he, he wasn't a big mma fan he just goes i thought you said it'd be a good fight and i go you know what i'm I, you're right don't ever listen to me again i'm an idiot like i'm sorry.'" <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm gonna watch. I'm literally gonna watch that when we get off here. I got. I have not seen that fight in a long time. So I'm gonna go back and watch Silva Griffin. Uh, <laughs> co-main event, man. The big story outside of Anderson coming into this fight was Bryce Mitchell got his camo shorts and goddamn it, he won with them on. A impressive performance. I pretty much what we kind of thought right. I mean, touchy feely's tough, but but Bryce Mitchell does what he does, man.
1: Yeah. There's going to be people who hate me for saying this and I'm just going to preface it by saying like, <laughs> like, I I know he's a, I know he's a Trump supporter. I know. I, I know. And some people are going to like hearing that. Some people won't. I, I know that he, after the fight went on this whole anti-mask speech, this whole thing. I know that. Um, I, I'm very pro-mask, but I also am pro-freedom of, of America and stuff like that. So like I... I'm just. I just want to let everyone know. i the all the political stuff that's attached to him at the moment aside. Bryce Mitchell is my favorite fighter in the whole company. <laughs> like Ooh. this guy. Like, like as far as like to watch in the octagon, I love what this guy does. It's it's non. It's from the start of the fight to the end of the fight. He is nonstop on top of you. He's either trying to box you or kickbox you. Or he is going for a takedown when you're on the ground. He's, he's looking for twisters. He's looking for arm bars. He's, he's just constantly working. And he's a guy that, like, you know he isn't the most physically talented guy. You know he isn't the best jiu-jitsu guy or the best wrestler. But he just grinds so hard that, like, it's just uh, his heart as a fighter is like that's what I'm looking for and like the kind of guys that I really like watching fight. It's the same kind of thing when I say about someone like Lando Venata, who like doesn't get a lot of credit but always has fucking good fights. You know, it's always. like you know because because it's the heart. It's the seeing him getting dropped over and over and then coming back and winning fights late and stuff. It, it's like it's like what made Frankie Edgar such an amazing champion. Like it's that kind of stuff where I see Bryce Mitchell and I'm just like man like this guy, I think this guy can beat anybody. On the right night, I think he can beat anyone. Like, in the featherweight division, there are killers. But he's he was ranked number 15 going into this. Feely was unranked, so I don't know how much this helps in rankings-wise. But, like, this really puts Mitchell more in the conversation of getting, like, a contender. And he really deserves it at this point. And the fact that he, you know, as, like, a kind of unknown fighter, made enough of a name for himself to even get the attention white and reebok to orchestrate getting his he's the only fighter ever other than conor mcgregor conor mcgregor got custom shorts for one of his title defenses um outside of that bryce mitchell's the only other person to get that since the ufc reebok deal and that's a pretty big deal when they're like willing to bend the rules for you and you're like you're not even like a top star so like I had I have to give him so much credit, and and Feely is a good fighter. Like this was a good fight; it was pretty competitive at times, and and yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm really really high on Bryce Mitchell as a fighter. And and by the way, all the political stuff. I think when it comes to him and that stuff, all that stuff will kind of blow over, like after the election and all that stuff. Like I don't think it's gonna be, you know what I'm saying. I I'm I'm hoping that that isn't what is like the reason that people don't give him. A, a chance you know and a, you know what it is that makes sense no oh, um, yeah because he's so good uh,
0: at fighting he he's suffocating that's the word i kept going back he's just he's suffocating uh from bell to bell every round I, I believe right after the after the fight too he said something like he wasn't even that impressed with his performance he said something like you know i do better in training you know in, in in training and when we're in you know it's just we we haven't seen the best bryce mitchell yet right that's the point this is a 26 year old kid like you know not just the sky the universe i don't know the stars i don't know what the limit is on this kid because this is only what his fifth fight in the ufc he's he's sick he's 14 and 0 now um and every every single fight man you just you see it in him that it's just a rabid dog getting a hold of you looking for the finish the uh his most recent finish, of course, that Twister win over Matt Sells. You know, Sells came in. That was a catchweight. He came in uh, overweight and, and still got finished. That was the performance of the night for Bryce Mitchell.
1: Well, not to I, mention, that was only the second Twister ever, ever in U.S. Yeah. history.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and no big deal there, right? I mean, this guy is – he's amazing to watch. And it's, again, I know for a lot of people, and I'm sure some people will disagree, that, you know, you shouldn't – you should – add in some of the out-of-the-cage stuff. But, like, listen, I don't like Trump either. Everybody can do their own political stuff. That's fine. But, like, when we're talking about fights here, we're talking about in the cage. Bryce Mitchell's the fucking truth. This guy is going to – I just – I I, I want to know right now who he's fighting next because it, you say it every time we bring up the, the, the featherweight rankings, man. It's just – it's murder, murder, murder all the way ahead of him. I mean, there's so many names ahead of him. I would love to see him in there. With like with Ige or fucking Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Qatar. I mean, really any of these guys, I say put him in there with and let's really see because so far, man, it's just been, you know, check mark, check mark, check mark for me with Bryce Mitchell.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Like as far as who he'll fight next, it, it I really don't know because like he could hypothetically fight anyone else in the anyone. Top fifteen. Um now there's someone I have in mind and I'm looking right now to see if he has a fight lined up currently or not um he had some stuff postponed uh under close injury okay well, it looks like as of right now this guy doesn't have a fight I would do Bryce Mitchell and Ryan Hall I think that would be amazing Ooh. on the ground those two guys because because both I think Mitchell has probably better striking, but Ryan Hall on the ground is like the like the top right now like he's like the just the main jujitsu wizard of all of mma to me right now like that guy what he's been doing has been just awesome and I, and bryce likes to fight on the ground he likes to take people down and he likes to work submissions and, and try to beat you up on the ground so it's something where i think both guys would want to be on the ground and it's mm-hmm. been a lot it's been a long time since we saw a fight like that where both guys like wanted to do that and see who came out on top like I'll never forget. There was a fight between. Um, now I'm, no, I'm blanking. It was a. Uh, it was Alan Belcher and who's them all, Paul Harris, and the only reason I remember this fight is because Paul Harris was known as like the leg lock guy, and and he was just always grappling, and that was all like his whole game plan was like based around grappling people and submitting people, and and people were afraid to to do that with him. And Alan Belcher went in there and and tapped Paul Harris. Like, and that was like, because everyone figured, even the commentators were like, oh, Belcher's going to want to keep this standing. Why is he even like going to the ground with him? Blah, blah, blah. And then he just like, he just beat him at his own game. And I would love to see a fight like that. Because whether Hall or Mitchell wins, it doesn't really matter to me. Because if they go in there and they, and they just have like some grappling clinic for 15 minutes, like, because, because the thing is, Win or lose, when you're a fighter like that, and this is similar to someone like Charles Oliveira in the lightweight division right now, you have a chance against anybody, including the champion, on any given night. If you're able to hang at that level of grappling and that level of, of of a submission game, like like Charles Oliveira, I'm sure I'm sure Habib would have beat him if they fought, right? But but yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's like the only one in that division that I think actually would like want to be taken down by Habib. Cause that's where his whole world is, is being on his back like that. And he has good striking. So it's like, that's kind of where I want to see Mitchell. Like I want to see him and Ryan Hall just have this like grappling classic of a fight. And then after that, win or lose both guys fight people in the top 10 after that. Cause it's, cause both guys deserve top 10
0: fights. That's just like, like a, we're, a, we're watching a chess match unfold with those two men in there. Like sign me right the fuck up um for that again though i'm here for bryce fighting anybody again such a such a great performance uh that he wasn't even happy with that's the thing about this kid too man he's just gonna keep getting better like again the word i keep going back to today is like the ceiling of all this and and where he's gonna be let's say in two years you know what i mean like i don't even know um the word for that because of He's so good right now. He's so good right now. Uh, I I can't wait to see where Bryce uh, where Bryce Mitchell's at. Again, we don't want to skip over you know touchy feely. Man, he, he he did man. He he went out there. He's tough. It, like you said, at times it was this and that. Uh, it's just you got to put in there with the guy right now. That's that's really all you got to chalk that one up to.
1: Yeah, just just a guy who's uh, more well rounded, just a better that's fighter, it. and and. For what it's worth, one of the judges did give Feely one of the rounds, and like I'm not mad about it. Like there, there was there was some competitive stuff. Yeah, um, but but I think it was also clear that Mitchell won the fight overall. So I think it was like the right decision. And for Feely, you know, once again being unranked, and he's the kind of guy who kind of like wins, loses, wins, loses. Yeah, um, really inconsistent. But but fighting good guys, so it's also like, uh, I guess at the end of the day he's still he's still like he's in he's in no danger of like losing his position or having a job with UFC I'll put that out there like it's not it's not like that at all but you know he couldn't beat number 15 so no no granted you know maybe you still have him fight someone like because it would still make sense if like uh like let's say Mitchell fights Hall or Mitchell winds up fighting someone ranked higher like uh Calvin Cater or something I don't know then if you had feely fight someone like Edson barbosa who's like still ranked underneath mitchell that still makes sense Mm -hmm. to me
0: Um, oh no it
1: does and i feel like you know the the fight audience would be into that yeah so maybe we see something like that maybe it's like him maybe or or, honestly i mean like i think feely and dan ige would be good i think ige would would probably finish him to be fully honest but i think but i think it's a good stylistic fight um i mean like i think i think you have a hard time with someone like shane burgos just because of how the way that burgos fights um but but there's you know i guess what i'm getting at is like it's not like the guy's gonna lose his job with ufc he's a good fighter um he just you know i i unfortunately i just don't see him beating anyone in the top 15 if i'm just being totally honest but you also i mean here's the other thing ufc like he he do he'd probably do pretty good in Bellator or something like so. This guy's gonna have he's he's gonna be all right kind of regardless of what happens. I think he's he's a he's a solid fighter. He just isn't at least at the moment. People can get better, but at the moment he's just not a, a top level uh top fifteen guy. He just isn't.
0: Yeah, thirty years old, so he, there's still some room to grow. But this is probably this is who we got, and and I think you're right though. The, you know we all. Uh, Everyone wants to be a champion. Not everyone can be a champion. The guy still got fights to him. He puts on exciting stuff. He, he he's not afraid to get in there and bang. So yeah, if I am Andre Feely right now, um, you just again you chalk it up. You, you, it's a lost man. You, you'll be back. Um, there's going to be more fights down the road, whether it's in the octagon or not. And I think you're right. I think he's a guy that hypothetically, I don't think he's out of the UFC at all. But if that day does come, man, there's some exciting fights for over him and Bellator that maybe um maybe that could do you know a little more for him just. Uh, outside of rankings and and whatnot, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, again, shout-out Bryce Mitchell. Touchy feel is a solid co-main event. Uh, Moving along down the line, Greg Hardy, who we talked about. We were going to be interested to see how he was in here with Mo Green. Really, I mean, that that was clear-cut, bro. Knocks him out. TKOs him, I should say, second round. Um, The the big – I think the big thing on Twitter that came out of this fight was everyone saying – Well, Greg Hardy was still there in the second round throwing heavy, uh, throwing heavy hands. So um, not a whole lot else to take. I don't think out of that other than a a solid finish, another win for him in the UFC. That's two in a row now. He's seven, two and one. And uh, and back to what we said last week, you know, for us that that loss to Volkov showed us probably just as much as this this knockout did last night. But, uh, you know, where are you at with Greg Hardy now after this past weekend?
1: So, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on Greg Hardy. So, like, one thing that I thought was really interesting during the fight was, um, well, actually, you know what? I'm getting his fight actually confused with Jake Hager's fight for a second. There was actually, which we forgot about. So there was actually a part of when Jake, Hager, I can't even remember Jake Hager's opponent's name, by the way, and he, he yeah. arguably beat him. That was a very close split decision fight. But uh, during Hager's fight, I remember Hager's corner being like, Hey, you're a real MMA fighter now. Like this is this is now it's real. Cause like he was in a real fight against the guy who was like beating him and stuff. Um, I almost overlapped that into Greg Hardy, but that is not happen what happened with Greg Hardy. Although I think his <laughs> mindset, his mindset might kind of be that though, because he is talking a lot about how that was the end of his rookie season. Like he viewed everything up to that point as his rookie season in the UFC. And okay. now he's like taking it now not seriously, but he was already taken seriously, but he, now he views himself as a guy who can go in there and fight anybody, and and my thing with Greg Hardy is this: like, obviously, similar to Bryce Mitchell, but I mean, obviously, two completely different cases of 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 what of why. But Greg Hardy, obviously, there's a lot of heat on him. Like, there always will be. There's always going to be a stigma to him uh, because of uh, you know his reputation and the things that happened or didn't happen you know or whatever with when he was with the nfl and and all that stuff like that's not going to change i wanted to say this though like i feel like you have to give him some sort of credit you don't have to like the guy but i feel like you have to give him some sort of credit for turning his life around how he has because he went from let's say he was that guy that everyone thinks he was um when he got basically kicked out of the nfl To, to turn to this degree, to get this good at this sport this quickly, and to dedicate your life to this, and to be spreading, you know, a positive message to people, and show people like, you know, what you can be a gigantic fuck up, and like, e- like I was, and you, you can turn your life around. Um, I think there has to be some sort of credit there. Now, granted, most people just don't ever put themselves in a position to have to turn their life around like that. Like most people don't get into a position like that to begin with, but there's also a lot of people that get in that position and then they become even bigger pieces of shit. And then they wind up being even worse human beings and they wind up ruining more people's lives. This guy at least has turned this into something where I'm, I, I'm not even kidding saying this. I think he has the potential to maybe be the UFC heavyweight champion one day. Like I, I, I honestly believe that he has his knockout power is, is very good. Like he has, he has his, his, his reflexes, the, his athleticism for a man his size, his, mm-hmm. his his inexperience, but being this good already, the fact that he went those five rounds with Alexander Volkov that we always talk about, yep. like, like, this guy, potential-wise, now, but this is the thing, this is when we're about to really see it, because him beating Maurice Green the way that he did, now he's in a position, his next fight has to be a top 15 or a top 10 guy. Like, it has to be somebody, like, I don't I don't know what uh I don't know if Maurice Green was I don't think he was ranked. No, he was not ranked. So I mean it's gotta be because I mean obviously Volkov's number six. I think you gotta put him in there with like a Walt Harris kind of kind of guy or something. Because if he can do that to Walt Harris also, then you're really in a position where it's like, hey, maybe him and Rosenstrike. And like maybe him and 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 Ganu, I mean like I think Nganu would rip his head off. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. like these are the kind of conversations you really start having, because all his out of the cage stuff aside, if we're same with similar to what we we're saying about Bryce Mitchell, if we're looking at just that, the guy is, in my opinion, he's overperforming for for the length of time he's been doing this and his age and and everything. Like he's honestly really impressing me with what he's doing in
0: the Octagon. Well, yeah, and and uh, the big thing for me looking at him his record right now, since June twenty eighteen, well, obviously we're in November twenty twenty, so uh, you know a few months over two years, he's fought you know what is it ten times, nine times, um, ten matches, seven two and one, he's staying in there outside of one of those fights. They've all been under the UFC banner, whether it's been a show, the Contender Series, whatever. Um, I think you're right, man. You know, listen. What again? Outside the cage stuff. uh, I've had some really not great things to say about Greg Hardy, but if we're just if we're talking about his performance and what he's done to try to to get away from all that, man, this last you know few months, this last year or so, um, it, it feels like a lot longer. I should. This is probably the best way to sum it up. It feels like it's been a lot longer since the whole everyone was pissed off about the inhaler stuff. That's just been a little over a year ago. Feels a lot longer, and I think that says a lot about him and just maybe the world and how shit's been. But uh, two wins in a row now. An impressive TKO over Maurice Green, and uh, you, you nailed it, man. I, I think we see a big fight, uh, you know, a big-name opponent. If we're talking business, uh, the UFC Dana White knows people are going to tune in to see this guy lose. People are going to tune in to see this guy win. There's, there's a want to see him there already, and, and for that alone – He's gonna keep coming back, and he keeps putting wins together, man. Your name, there's a story there. There's redemption, possibly. I mean, uh, the the production side of this, it's all right there in front of us. So yeah, if I'm Greg Hardy right now, uh, that's a great way to look at it. You look at this rookie year, we're gonna come back better. Um, I, I doubt he get he might get another fight before this year's. I doubt it. Um, I would. He say, said like, he
1: said after the fight, he's like, "I'm ready to fight tomorrow." Like, he's, so maybe yeah, yeah. man.
0: Maybe they do get him in one more time before 2021. But no matter what, I think you—the best way to sum it up is what you 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 said, bro. I think seeing what we've seen now, put him in there with somebody that we know, you know, it's going to push him a little bit and see what he's got because the athleticism, the power, everything else is there. It just really comes down to to just getting in the cage, man. Get in there a little more because again, 32 years old, I believe. Yeah. Uh, still, that's not, you know, it's so athletic. He's got so much given talent just born with it, the genetic side of it. Once he really gets this MMA shit figured out, man, uh, who knows what could be? The idea of Greg Hardy fighting for the title when I first heard of him fighting two years ago uh, seemed like a joke, but now I I, I I could see it. I really could see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it was definitely laughable at first, for sure. Yeah. Like, but... It's one of those things, and, like, with more experience, the technique's going to get better, and, and, and the versatility of what he's going to be able to do. Because he already has, like we keep saying, he already has the athleticism aspect there. It. Like, like, it's similar to, like, when... I remember when Joe Rogan was talking about CM Punk and how CM Punk's just just out un- He just, after after training for four years or whatever, he just shouldn't be that bad. And, and the, the kind of the, the um, examples he would give is, like, you could take like any NFL player and give them like two weeks of training and they'd be far beyond the skill level of CM Punk because of the, just. Mm and I think, and I think he's, and I think it's true because, and now you could, you couldn't say that about every pro wrestler, by the way, there's plenty of pro wrestlers that could make the transition like, and it wouldn't look like CM Punk. CM Punk just not a very athletic guy. Like he was very good at pro wrestling for what he did in pro wrestling, but he isn't like a fast twitch fucking, you know, guy who's got, like, these crazy reflexes and this crazy knockout power and this great ground game, like, but you could take a guy like Greg Hardy being a perfect example, a guy who, like, the athleticism and stuff is already there. He even said it after the fight, after his win this weekend. He said something along the lines of, like, they asked him, like, if he was afraid. Uh, not, they didn't ask him like, if he was afraid to fight anybody, but it, the answer was along the lines of, like, Like, I'm not afraid of fighting anyone in the UFC. Like, you can put anyone out there in front of me. Like, I've I've went up against the baddest guys in the world. I went up against the professional football players that are trying to take my head off, you know, three, four people at a time. Like, those are the guys I was afraid of. Like, I'm not afraid of these guys in the UFC. And I thought that was a pretty cool mindset to have, actually. Like, I don't think he's overlooking people. I think he's – I think it's kind of a cool way of looking at it because it's like if he's not afraid of – if he's truly not afraid of these guys – because because that's the thing right like how many fighters have we seen in history that get to the title fight and then just like freeze up because they're too like they're too mm-hmm. taken back by the moment of who they're in there with if greg hardy doesn't have that and he's like i don't give a fuck who steve amio is like i used to have to go up against fucking adrian peterson you know he's like i don't give a fuck like if that's his, <laughs> if that's, if that's his mindset i'm once again like obviously i think that steve amio would beat adrian peterson in a fight but 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 if that's what Hardy's mindset is, almost like a placebo effect where it's like, if you're not afraid of these guys you're fighting at all and you're not giving them that respect, maybe that's the best thing that could possibly happen in your career. Maybe that's how you are going to be able to beat some of these guys. And, and the technique's going to keep getting better. I think he can use leg kicks a lot more yep. effectively. Yep. He's got those big-ass fucking tree trunk legs. He can fucking be, oh, my God, he can stop people with leg kicks if he gets that technique down well enough. Like, man... I, 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 it's one of those things where, like, it really goes to show because we've seen other guys like Eric, Eric Andrews. I should say, he, yeah. uh, you know, he's a good fighter. Like, he's definitely he's a UFC level fighter. Um, but he got there very quickly because he he was a great college football player. You know, there's certain guys who can come from, from professional sports or, or collegiate sports like that that just have this, that level of, of athleticism that, the rest of it will come w- with time, but, like, you can't teach, you know, teach that as a base, you know?
0: No, yeah, it, you just it, – it's it's definitely – that's that's in a time where we're talking about the UFC maybe looking for stars, looking for names. Again, there's so much that goes into, into Greg Hardy already that once technique catches up and he really puts this and that together, uh, I would not be shocked to see, you know, to see him push more because, listen – we have all had thoughts or this and that, you know, about Greg Hardy. But in America, we don't love anything more than a redemption story. We love when people we hate, we find a reason to like them. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it, it's right there. I think this is going to be for the heavyweight division, man, because there's so many question marks going on with with Jones, with with this, that, the other, with maybe Adesanya coming up. I mean, it, this is just something that it really feels like something that could be brewing that we're going to watch, uh, over the next, you know, few months, maybe the next year or two, especially, um, with what's going to, uh, there's just so, so much that could be happening again the year from now in the heavyweight division, maybe Adesanya is the champ. I don't know. Stephen, <laughs> right. shit's, shit's crazy right now, but Greg yeah. Hardy, super impressive performance. Again, second round TKO finish over Mo green. Um, the last two fights in this main card, uh, Kevin Holland with a probably the most the weirdest uh, finish of the night over uh, Charlie Ottaveras that actually got Holland a performance of the night, and then kick things off, of course, with the decision loss Bobby Green losing to Tiago Moises. Uh, what what was going through your mind when we saw the the Kevin Holland TKO? Because it took. I mean, watching live for me, I just remember thinking, uh, I was what happened? What what's did he did he catch you in his submission? What what's going on? So what? What was going through your head when when all that was unfolding?
1: Yeah, it was it was really strange because he essentially it wasn't even like a belly to belly. It wasn't like even like a suplex, but it was it was kind of the I, it was almost like a bear hug where he tripped him. Like, right. I yes. So I don't I don't even know what you, exactly what you call it, but it was just weird because he lands. Um, so it, it's just really hard to explain, but he basically lands yeah. almost head on head. No but they I don't think they actually clashed heads though, but it was like they they just fell i guess it was i because there wasn't a sub- well, I think he did verbally submit though like that is what wound up ultimately yes. happening yes but but when I was watching it live, it just looked like it looked like he got taken down really hard, and that just somehow the impact uh, knocked him out that's what I initially thought or. I was also kind of thinking, does he have him in, like, a like a Von choke?
0: Yeah, that was me.
1: Um, But I think what wound up happening was, yeah, it was a slam. I think the guy was, like, knocked Loopy on the slam. We've seen that in the UFC before where guys mm-hmm. have, like, been slammed like that. Oh, we even saw the double knockout that one time uh, where the dude basically got DDT'd himself when he knocked mm-hmm. the other guy out. But, like, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I think happened. He just, he just slammed him, landed on top of him i think that holland was kind of working a on Flew. and as that was happening uh it, we, the verbal tap happened uh, so yeah it, it was strange but holland i mean holland dominated and holland was talking a lot of shit to izzy right? who was it was octagon side like 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 he was going to be up next which obviously isn't happening but uh, uh but <laughs> no, no.
0: I, I love the confidence though yeah yeah exactly <laughs> And uh, we're really happy. It was scary—the stretcher, all that—but happy to hear that that Charlie is he- healthy, okay. Uh, it was. It, it got very. You know, it's a violent sport. We know that going in, but when you know the stretcher gets brought out and just it's it's a scary, scary, scary fucking moment. So very happy to hear uh, Dana White saying he's 100% okay, moving around, everything's fine. So um, hope to see hope to see both these guys back in the cage as soon as they can before we. We move on to preview a little bit this weekend. Let's just run through the prelim card. There were plenty. That's, I think, the second show in a row you were on this, man. You said watch out for a lot of finishes. We got a lot of finishes. uh, Performance of the night. Just mentioned Kevin Holland, Alexander Hernandez, Adrian Yanez, Miles Johns all got uh, performance of the night's bonuses. Plenty of knockouts, TKOs, and submission. Only one decision on that preliminary card um i guess alexander hernandez that that was probably talked about the most but uh any of these the the finishes or the fights themselves that really stuck out to you from the prelim card
1: yeah well i just wanted to touch really quickly because you mentioned uh moises and bobby yes, green over bobby do, green yeah i do want to say that was a super close fight that one could have gone either way and really um like i wasn't upset with the decision but i did think that bobby green won when i watched it live i just want to throw that out there um as far as the the prelims, yeah, gonna Hernandez, that was the most impressive thing on the prelims because Hernandez really needed that also. like He's a guy with a lot of potential and was really getting close to title contention until he talked way too much shit about Cowboy Cerrone <laughs> and then had to eat crow in front of everybody. Um, that was not a good look for him. Had he been more humble throughout that scenario and that same thing would have happened, I think it wouldn't have hurt him as bad. But I think because of all the shit he talked, and because of who he was talking to, now had he gone out there and smoked Cowboy Cerrone, we're talking about a completely different scenario.
0: Absolutely. But
1: he talked all that shit and he got worked, and that's just what happened. Um, so he's still kind of rebuilding from that, and and this is exactly what he needed. He gets a knockout in less than two minutes, just just super impressive, just out cold with just great combinations. Um, as far as other stuff that. Impressed me, you know. Yanez got a performance of the night bonus. Big
0: uh, head, head kick,
1: head kick. Yeah, lo- love seeing that. There was actually a handful of head kicks in this uh in this show. Um, not all of them like led to the direct finish, but there was a lot of good ones that was like you know head kick, a few seconds go by, combination kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, there. But that that's who I would definitely shout out the most is is Alexander Hernandez. Really needed that and and got the job done exactly how he needed to and yanez getting that uh, that big head kick win I'll, i will always shout out a good head kick it's you know, <laughs> a big part of that is you know mirco Cop, my one of my one of if not my favorite heavyweight fighter ever man i, I uh, he was more specifically the left head kick but you know any head kick at all is gonna remind me of Cop, and in my book that's always good with me
0: no it was i, I once we got to that main card i'm just like the, these prelim cards lately, man, just impressive stuff. Super great finishes, exciting fights. This was another just banger, a banger of a card, man, from start to finish. We had with three decisions. Uh, like you said, I was with you. I thought the Bobby Green fight was super-duper close. Of course, Bryce Mitchell really dominated. And then um, the Strickland over Jack Marshman decision, uh, 30-27 across the board. Outside of that, man, finish after finish after finish. Uh, great stuff, of course. Anderson Silva retiring, Uriah Hall getting the win, Bryce Mitchell, those were the big stories of Greg Hardy knocking people out in the second round, Hernandez knockout, plenty of stuff to go back if you, for some reason, missed the show and are listening to us talk about it. You should, I guess, Twitter that shit. Um, this weekend, though, we're back with UFC Fight Night 182, UFC on ESPN Plus 40 slash UFC Vegas 13, the main event. It's a big one. It's light heavyweight. It's Tiago Santos. It's Glover to Share it. Andre Orlovsky's on this card. Claudio is on this card. We've got Max Griffin. We've got Darren Elkins. A lot of names that stick out. Some Wikipedia names that are not blue. So you know how that's gonna go. <laughs> um, uh, before we dive into the main event, um, how do you feel going into this Arlovsky Tanner Bowser fight?
1: I mean, I So there are a few fighters that I have just a incredibly insane bias towards. And Andre Arlovsky is one of those. I pick Andre Arlovsky to win every time. Like it could be him versus Ngannou and I still pick Arlovsky. So like, I, I but this is a, this is just a good fight and it makes sense for both guys. Like Bozier can build a bigger name for himself and he'd be on a three fight winning streak. If he, if he gets this win and it's a, it's a winnable fight for Bozier for sure. Um, and then Arlovsky, I mean, what was his last fight? Yeah, he beat Felipe Lins. Uh, before that, fighting Rosenstrike, and I mean, hey, if he's some, I mean, I I will, even though I love Orlovsky, like it's, it's against Rosenstrike in that fight, you know, pretty much ten out of ten times, if I'm being honest. But I mean, Andrei Arlovsky's still somehow after all these years, kind of in the mix. Like I don't yeah. think he's gonna, yeah, I don't think he's gonna be like contending for the world title, but shit, if he beat Bozier and then he won like two or three more, like, you never know. Um, But that said, like, the smart pick on paper, the person you should choose if you're betting on this fight is Tanner (laughs) Bozier. I'm going to go with Andre Olovsky for the win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, Andre Olovsky is very, he's respected very much in this house as well. Um, So I respect respect the commitment to the pit bull. I'm with you. I think my wallet's telling me Tanner, um, but I'm hoping for an Arlovsky win. I think, you know, it, it, like you said, man, it doesn't matter how many times he's out there. I'm going to be excited to see Andre Arlovsky fight. I'm really excited to see this matchup because I think you're right. Uh, you know, the money line's going to say Tanner, but this is a fight Andre can win. And, and it's almost that feeling of like. People are expecting to lose, so I, I'm really hoping we get a um, a really solid performance out of And and who knows, man? Maybe a finish. You never know. Uh, just the guy's a legend. He really is. This is his 50. I believe this is 51st fight, man. This is a he's seen it all, he's done it all kind of thing. Um, let's dive into this main event though. Light heavyweight. We we've been talking about Glover share really all summer, um, and for obvious reasons. And you know, this is a guy that we feel like. This, he's not far off from that title contention. I mean, he's right there. He's fighting uh, Santos, who we know, you don't need me to remind you what happened the last time Santos fought when he was in there with John Jones in a split decision back in July. Before that, wins over current light heavyweight champ Jan Blokovic. He's got a win over Jimmy Manoa. He finished Eric Anders, who we talked about earlier, Kevin Hall, who we just got finished talking about. So Santos, is he's that guy. Uh, I'm very fired up for this main event, man. How are you feeling going in?
1: Oh yeah, I love it. This is a fight that it sucks because this has been scheduled and rescheduled like four different times now. So uh, and all within like a short amount of time. It's all been throughout like the pandemic. Like I I just really hope we get this fight. Um, I, man, this is a really good matchup. But if you're these two guys, you have got to be fucking furious because this should be who fights Jon Blachowicz next. The winner of this. But it's gonna be on and then after that, it could potentially be Jones, leaving these two guys completely boxed out. So, I I I don't know. Like, I feel really bad for both because whoever wins this fight really should fight Jan Blahovic next, especially considering, like you just mentioned, Blahovich actually has been knocked out by Thiago Santos in the past. Like, Santos is gonna have that claim to. I mean, maybe Santos, like, if Santos wins, he's going to be okay with just sitting out for, like, a year and letting everything else sort itself out. Like, I don't know. But, you know, he had to take this last whole year off to to get both of his knees fixed after the Jones fight. Like, and then you have Teixeira, you got to really feel for as well. Because if Teixeira goes out there and beats Santos, and by the way, I'm picking Teixeira in this fight, which I know sounds crazy, but I'm going to go with Glover Teixeira to actually win this fight. If Teixeira wins because of his age and all this stuff, like, it's like, you got, you got to give him the shot now. Like he be waiting year right for Adesanya and another, you know, another six months after that for potentially Jones and all this stuff. Like, like you got to figure something out with the Shara. Um, if he wins this, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know how it gets worked out, but because the problem is if the Shara wins this fight, he's just going to be in a position where he's just going to keep fighting other top ranked guys. And eventually one of them is going to get him. And it might be this one here. It might be Tiago Santos, who on paper, I think, once again, similar to Arlovsky. I think if you're betting on this fight, you should bet for Tiago Santos. I think he definitely is the he should be the favorite in this fight to win, Um, especially like if it's going to be a knockout. But there's something about to share right now for me. Like he's he's putting he's looking better than he ever has. And he's 38 fights into his career. He's on a four fight winning streak. You know, what he did to Anthony Smith, I thought was really, really impressive. Cause I think, I know myself, and I think we did a preview show and stuff even then for that, where I think we were both pretty heavy on like, there's Anthony Smith's gonna win this one pretty easy. And to share it went in there and just destroyed him. Like, Teixeira's got knockout power still. He's still got a good chin. Um, And I I expect this to primarily be a striking battle. And I think that because of Teixeira's experience, I think he'll be able to get on the inside of Smith, or sorry, on the inside of uh, Santos. And I think he's going to be able to catch him. I really do. Like, I I just, there's something, I think that everything's lining up for Teixeira. I think that at the end of the day, I think Teixeira's story basically ends with him getting that last world title shot whether he wins or loses if he wins the title he retires if he loses he wins the title but i think if 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 he gets to that spot he's content with where he's at he's accomplished everything he needed to and uh and then he moves on from fighting but the fact that he's even gotten himself in this position after being and by myself as well i totally counted him out Years ago, like like this guy Same. needs to go to Bellat, yeah, he needs to go to Bellator or whatever. Like, he, he can't compete with these top guys in the UFC anymore. And he, compl- I mean, now granted, I didn't really have a real reason to think that until when he fought Alexander Gustafson. That's when I was like, okay, because go- he he got knocked out by Anthony Johnson. Okay, that happens to everyone. Gustafson, he, I mean, he that that those combinations Gustafson was landing on Teixeira were like just lethal. Some of the best boxing I've ever seen in the UFC. And I was like, Oh shit. Well, if like he can't hang with, with Gustafson, but once again, Gustafson, great fighter at that time as well. But it was like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Like, and then he loses to Corey Anderson. And you're like, Oh, once again, Corey is a great fighter, but like, we're, we're not talking about uh, championship level guys at the moment. And then, since then, totally turned turned it around, like changed my opinion completely to where I think he's going to actually beat Tiago Santos. So um, that's what I'm going to go with. Who do you think wins this fight?
0: Yo, you, you, again, you beat me to it, man. I thought I was going to be the, the odd man out, but after everything I've seen, I'm with you. I'm on the Glover train, man. This, this, uh, this run he's on, you meant, you know, four in a row, he just, that performance over Anthony Smith, he you know, the Kudalaba submission back in April, 2019. Um, I just, I I think you're onto something here, man. This is a guy What he's 41 and it feels like this is really that second big wave because so much of his career, you know, coming into the UFC and then that running went on before uh, the loss to Jones all the way back in April of 2014. My God. Um, Yeah it's it's really felt like you said after that loss to Jones it was almost like okay cool he'll, he'll hang out for a few years and then retire but what we've seen really um really since like 2017 2018 I just I love watching him fight he, he could do it all he, he want he could stand and bang he's so good on the ground uh I, I'm with you man. maybe we're both uh drinking the crazy juice today but I think Glover Teixeira comes out of this win Saturday and I, I I really think he's going to get another crack at that title. And depending on when, where, how, all that, um, it'd be hard for me to pick against him in that moment just because of the rise. Now, of course the opponent and all that, I don't know, but just seeing what I've seen from Glover, man, this is one of my favorite stories in MMA right now. Yeah. And it's really for him, it's
1: really unfortunate with the audit. Well, for the record, like I, Odisani Balhovich, I think, is a great fight, and like I'm totally down to watch it. But like Right. But for Tashera, it's like another thing that he had going for him is Jones isn't the champion anymore. Because there wasn't yes. a whole lot of you know, there wasn't a whole lot of interest in him ever rematching John Jones. I think that we're all pretty clear on what happens in that fight, you know, every time they fight. And Blahovich. while I still think Blahovich is a really bad matchup for, like, everybody, his, I think his knockout power is still underrated, like, even right now. Like, I, I really think that Blahovich can knock anyone out at any weight right now. And, but even with that, like, I think that I think we'd all probably agree that for Tashara, Blahovich is a much more winnable fight than John Jones. And that's another thing where it's like, you gotta feel so bad for him, because, like, If he wins this fight against Santos, that that's that's what would have been there for him was a chance against Blahovich, who he actually has a chance of beating. I don't think he has a chance of beating John Jones, just to be totally honest. I just I don't think he ever will. But I think he he could potentially beat Leon Blahovich, And uh, and yeah, I just I I just don't know what you do with either guy if they get hung up. Aside from like I'm going to look at the heavyweight rankings real quick. Because you have Ngannou and Stipe, which like has to happen. And then you have Rosenstrike, who's gonna be fighting over him again, probably kind of in the mix. Kind of thing with the heavyweights at the moment also is like if if Tishero wins and there's he's just stuck and he is not gonna get a light heavyweight title shot. I know it sounds crazy, but like maybe you streamline him up to heavyweight and like give him a chance if there's no contenders, like just to, just because he deserved a title shot. Like I don't know, because um, if like maybe like something happens where Francis and they can't fight, no one else is available and like share is healthy, you know what I mean? Like some some sort of reward for getting to that. Side. Yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. I, I yeah, I think that that would make sense for a lot of reasons. And um, I, I'm, I'm fired up, man. I think this is a hell of a main event. It's on, I believe it's going to be on ESPN2 with the prelims and everything else on ESPN+. plus. Um, yeah, it's about that time, man. Uh, it, it, before we get out of here, um, you can follow me at most, KOBK. And then I always like asking, man, is there a fight or two or anything else on this card for you that you, uh, you think maybe we're overlooking that we should definitely be in front of our uh, TVs on and, and watch this weekend?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it'd be considered like. I mean, I guess kind of a sleeper, but Gudelia versus Jan, I think, is yes. really good. Um, that that has a lot of potential. Jan, I think she's on. She's been on a streak herself. Um, oh yeah, she's her actual record is fourteen and one. She hasn't lost since two thousand ten, and I remember her last two fights really well. She beat Angela Hill and Carolina Kovalevich. So like, that's a really good matchup. Um, Kedalia, Angela Hill as well. You know, the Rana Marcos before that lost any hands drop. You know what? I might even take yawn in this fight. That, that's a really, really, really good fight. Um, on the prelims, you touched on it as well. I, I think that, you know, I like watching Max Griffin fight. I love watching Darren Elkins fight. Yes. Um, and, and shout out to Darren Elkins. If you ever listen to this, the way you rock the, the literal worst tattoo I've ever seen in my life. is like, <laughs> it's, it's the way that you just own that is it's, it's, it's commendable, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you know that Darren Elkins in in twenty years is going to be out there at the pool at the retirement home, hanging out with his buddies, drinking some beer by the pool with all the the old women around, and and he's just going to be rocking this giant the damage tattoo on his chest that just, just this looks like stitches going through his chest. I I just. But for what it's worth, man, he is one of my favorite guys to watch in the Octagon. The guy's crazy. He always brings it. It's always fun to watch. Um, but that ha- that just... The first thing I always think about with him is that damn damage tattoo he had with his chest. It's just... <laughs> I, just I don't know. It's wild to me. Um, but yeah, man. Thanks again for uh, hosting the show, Mo's. Um As far as for my stuff, Fight Talk underscore on Twitter... F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can catch the Fightful Select Weekender podcast over at FightfulSelect.com or just go to Fightful.com and check out their Patreon service. I have another video out for all things MMA. Uh, there was one that came out last week for 10 interesting facts about George St. Pierre. Another one came out yesterday. It's 10 tragedies that fighters have had to fight through. So, like, personal tragedies that that fighters have had to deal with. Uh, some, some pretty heavy stuff in that video. But, you know, educational though like it it shows a lot of people aside of some of these fighters that a lot of people probably don't know is there um and uh it made me so because i didn't know some of these stories i knew some of them but i didn't know some of the others and uh and even while editing the video i was like oh wow i'm a way bigger fan of this person now like i didn't know this about them you know and it's it's uh so you can check that out at all things mma I should be doing a live chat with Jessie Davin this week on her YouTube channel. That's J E S S I D A V I N. I think I'm going to be doing an interview with Jamie Kilstein again this week, uh, probably on Thursday. So, uh, so yeah, check that stuff out. And, and uh, right here in feed, I have an interview with Danny Adams, aka Dan the Dad. Uh, that just went up a couple days ago. So, so yeah, um, check out the videos and the podcasts and whatnot, and keep supporting the, this show here, me and Mo's are going to keep bringing it to you every, uh, every Monday, at least for the, and that's the plan, at least the, to, to have them done on Monday. And then, uh, it's funny. Cause I said it last week, I was like, unless there's any, some crazy thing going on to where I can't upload the video it should be up today. And like, then something crazy actually wound up happening with the server, but that shouldn't happen probably ever again. So I showed this video up today or sorry, this, uh, this uh, podcast up today for everyone. And, uh, and that's it. Just check out my Twitter. That's where I keep everything updated. And thank you again, Mose, for uh, for being part
0: of the show, man. Love it, man. Love it one more time if you can. Anyone that likes uh, likes what I'm bringing at Mo's KOBK, but no, any any uh, anything I can do, man, Stephen Jensen. You know I always appreciate you, bro. Yeah, well, I
1: appreciate you too. That's going to do it for this episode of the Fight Talk Podcast. I've been Stephen Jensen. You've been hearing Mo's hosting it. Make sure to check it out next week again probably on Monday, right here on this uh, podcast feed. So see y'all next week.